0: Hello and welcome to Three Friends and a Book. My name is Holly, and I'm joined today as always, every day, by two of my good friends. First up, in alphabetical order by last name, Janine.
1: <laughs> it's, it's convenient to have an A for a last name. It was a. worth the wedding.
0: <laughs> was it?
1: <laughs>
0: but your other last name was an H, so that's not... Not too bad. Too bad. But a's better. And then we have Caroline. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. Y'all, it's been a while, right?
2: Oh my goodness. It's been a a long while.
0: I think our last podcast was
2: March, maybe. Um, And now we're here.
1: The end of the year.
2: It's the best you can do. And
1: it's busy time and blah, blah, blah. But also, I think that we would say that... We got into a kind of a weird place with our book choices. We did.
0: (laughs) We did. Yeah. (laughs) Because where we, I know we're going to, we'll get to it, but where we left (laughs) off was we had picked, we were super excited about Game of Thrones, which we're going to talk about. So today's going to be, again, a a, a mishmash of things. We're going to talk about TV and a few books that we have read, but we left off by picking a book that was supposed to be the African Game of Thrones called...
2: What's Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Black by Leopard. By Marlon James. Red Wolf. And of the three of us. I picked that. Caroline is the only one that finished it. Well, y'all didn't like it. And so I'm, I'm all about, if I don't like a book, I don't feel compelled to finish it.
0: And like I, I felt.
2: I don't have a problem with that.
0: I started reading it. And I was just. And it, was, it was hard. It was hard. To me, it was hard. And. I was kind of in a weird place with a lot of things that I had going on in my life, and I just tried for about a week, and then I felt really, actually, very guilty. I think I came into a lunch with y'all and said, and I've never said this to you guys, I was like, "I'm, I'm not going to read this book."
1: You did. You said those words, and I
0: felt really bad about that, but I, I and I didn't, I didn't read it, um, but Caroline did. Hmm. Janine. Did you read part of it? I read part of it and stopped. Um,
1: to me, it read very much like fantasy that mm-hmm. I read. With it, fantasy, is work for me, and so when so if I had to pay, I had a, I'd, the reading was slow for me to make sense of what was going on and to keep track of everything. Um, so doing that and then talking about it would have been one thing. Uh, so it wasn't that I didn't like it, but I didn't find it compelling enough to do the work.
0: Cause it was over 500 pages too. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling to get through just a few pages. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm not, a, some fantasy I like, like I read Harry Potter. Maybe that says something about me. <laughs> fantasy for kids. Um, I did read all the Game of Thrones books, but I read them after I had seen, Maybe the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, and maybe that made it easier. Like, I wonder if I had picked it up in when the first book came out in the late 90s, if I would have felt the same way.
1: And you listened to them, didn't you?
0: I listened to, mm, I think I read the first one and then listened to the other ones. I, I mean, but, but I knew the characters. I was familiar with all of them.
1: I had a very similar experience to um, reading The Hobbit of several years ago. Like, I I don't dislike The Hobbit. But I find myself not compelled to turn the page to find out what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, him. that's so interesting because Caroline, you love that stuff, I like do. Lord of the Rings trilogy, Hobbit. Your you love, love, love that stuff. Yes, I like. I appreciate that about you.
1: My daughter has to read the Hobbit this summer, so I'm curious to see how that's going to play itself out at our house.
0: <laughs> Why did you read it years ago? I just wanted to. Okay.
1: Why did I not read it? Why did I try and not finish reading it? It's oh, you something. didn't finish The Hobbit? Mm. Okay. No, I've never read it. Interesting. I know, it takes some takes some points away from my librarian cred, for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I really do believe strongly that one does not have to finish a book. I don't have any problem, I've done it a bajillion times, starting a book and being like, Neep, moving on. There's no shame in that.
0: It's true.
2: I mean, our minutes are precious. You spend your minutes reading something you're not enjoying.
0: I think though, my guilt came from letting you guys down, though. Like, you really wanted to read that book. You were excited about it, and I felt really bad about
2: that. Well, I was, (laughs) but I was excited by Your face looked sad when I said that out loud at that lunch. I was (laughs) sad only because I had failed as a chooser, (laughs) not because. (laughs) <laughs> Not because I was really like connected to the book. And, and it was a hard book for me to read. I mean, it was a, it it was a, um, oh, I don't know. It was a, it was a real challenge. It was a labor. And, and from what I've read about, from what Marlon James has said about the book, that was his intention. Oh. I mean, he, he was trying to write a Step outside of the kind of um, popular fiction genre in which he had won awards and been very successful, and was like you know like the greats. Like makes me kind of makes me think of like John Milton, right? Who set out like I'm going to write the great English epic, and then he did. He did, and and so like Marlon James was kind of doing that. I think. I mean, he didn't he didn't say he was going to write the you know, but he. Was playing around with um, what makes people comfortable in literature, I think, and trying to disrupt that. Yeah, I think that was part of his goal. So it was compared
0: to the African game, or called the African game. He of called it that. He called that. Do you agree with that?
2: No. Okay. No. And from what I've read after the fact, Many he said don't... no. He said, "Ha ha." just kidding what what he meant by that are you serious well kind of yeah yes he said that but I think um like again I'm just going by what I've read but um he said oh so I'm gonna write this great fantasy piece um 200 pages to describe a city you know mm-hmm. um 100 pages describing this weird game that monsters play underground, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, and so he, I mean, I think he was probably, it worked too. Like, I think he was probably playing on the popularity of Game of Thrones in, in thinking in- It you caught know, our attention. <laughs> in, yeah, it totally worked on me. Um, but like playing around with, well, Game of Thrones is fantasy- kind of i mean it is but but
0: um dragons yeah i mean it has
2: dragons in it but but like magic it's not um yeah so anyway that's what he meant i think is more to just get people's attention and play off the that popularity and to suggest you know that this was going to be an an epic work of fantasy okay
1: it's just a, it's a, going to be a trilogy. It, it
2: is going to be a trilogy. <laughs> I probably won't read the other two <laughs> unless it becomes a popular TV show, and then I we might. Can't see how they would. I mean, maybe. I guess maybe. Okay. Like Game of Thrones, they'd have to. We're well, speaking of Game of Thrones. Mush a lot together, Jakes. What were you going to say? Wait, she was okay. going to say. Something. I was.
1: I, it was actually kind of a segue to Game of Thrones too, just in that. Um, you know, there's been so much backlash over the way Game of Thrones ended. And I just wonder if watching it in retrospect, you know, if letting letting it all play out and then go, if going back and watching it later, people will be completely fine and pleased with the way it ended.
0: I think if they haven't read the books, then I think so. I think a lot of the people who picked up Game of Thrones in the end... We're wanting the action, the dragons, the battles, all that stuff. Because I think the people who started watching Game of Thrones in the beginning, I could be wrong. I mean, I didn't start it as a book reader, but then I picked it up and read the books. I liked the first, what was it, like four seasons? Just the character development. We really got to know these people because the books are written from different characters' point of views. And then we started to lose that as the show was ending because the producers were in a hurry to end it. And so, and we lost the books too. And so that's a problem. Like he, just, he has, he still hasn't finished the book. And so the show picks up where the books left off and we don't know what Martin really intended for the end of Game of Thrones. One of the podcasts that I listened to, kind of their catchphrase the last couple of seasons was efficiency is coming. Because they were ready, the producers were ready for the show to be over, and we could see that how quickly. Because it was slow development in the beginning, and then it just it ended quickly. Um,
1: I think most shows don't end well, so that I, I think the idea of building towards something it's very tricky to build for a long time towards something and then make that something worthwhile yeah
0: um I felt martin in an interview said he imagined this being t- a 10 uh, 10 season series and it ended up being eight right eight mm-hmm. but the last two seasons where the episodes were shorter and shorter or the number of episodes were was le- less and less it became a lot like for all the people involved in it, it just became this, I don't think they ever envisioned it becoming what it became. And I think it was overwhelming for, for a lot of them. what do you think of the end, Caroline?
2: I didn't have a problem with it at all. I mean, I knew, I went into it knowing, like just went into it with the mindset of, well, you know, um, this, it, I'm just going to, what, however it ends is how it ends, yeah. so there's no point in being mad about it because like, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I didn't have a problem with it at all. I think it just speaks to like the difference between the genres, like TV and, and written words on the page too, right? Like, um, in my opinion, there, there are things that cannot be conveyed as well on the screen, um, as, as as they can be in words on the page, when, you know there's that, and then there's also the just the expense, right? Like, is that why is that why they ended it because it was all so expensive and so mm-hmm. extravagant, and so, um, so there's a part of me that kind of likes that that HBO is like enough because it is. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's why.
1: I I got the impression that. Um... The writers, showrunners, just wanted to do something new. Yeah. Oh, well,
2: did I read something about they're going to do Star Wars? And yes. So that's why they were in a hurry to get mm-hmm. done or something. I, one of them something is something I said. Something I can't I remember said that Weiser, Benioff.
0: W- w- one of them is. Um, I wasn't necessarily. Because I'm a, a, I would say I'm probably a big nerd, huge fan when it comes to this. Like leading up to the final season, I listened to a podcast that did all these episodes, and I rewatched probably 20 episodes. I just love it. I'm sad it's over, Um, and not necessarily mad per se. I just, I don't know. I wish it was still on. I wish it was still going, and we're still that there was a little bit more development the last two seasons, so we could. I don't know, it just seemed rushed. Everything seemed rushed at the end, and I just wish they had taken more time. Just for me personally, that's just me being selfish just because I loved it so much. And I also wondered, <laughs> too, a lot of people are mad, in and spoilers, just in case you haven't seen it, about Bran being, like, he's going to be the one that breaks, quote-unquote, breaks the wheel. And I just don't, I wonder if that's really what Martin intended it. Like, I wonder if if he ever finishes the books, it will make more sense that Bran eventually is the the winner of the game of thrones mm. right like it just seemed There was a lot of memes that came out that said like here's the kid he never does any of the group work and then he puts his name on it and gets all the credit or something like that like he i don't know his his, his arc in the show i mean there was even like one season he was barely in it so it just i don't know I wonder if he, if Martin finishes the books, it would be more satisfying to people.
1: I wonder, too, if if we didn't listen to podcasts and didn't hear people talking about it being rushed, if we would be more forgiving about those things. Sometimes I think... Once we start to dig into the media that surrounds entertainment that we like, my first experience with this was with watching Buffy. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched it for seasons and seasons and just enjoyed it. And then that's true. We started like reading stuff online about, Mm -hmm. you know, even just interviews with um, the creators. And but then, you know, I'm not going to get spoiled. But then spoilers creep in or people have all these opinions about what might happen. So it's not really a spoiler. And then you kind of wonder, like, well, wouldn't that be more interesting if that happened than what actually happened? Yeah. And so I think that we kind of ruin it for ourselves a little bit by overthinking it.
0: I agree with that. I guess yeah. I have two thoughts about that. I would agree with it because I would listen to at least three podcasts afterwards. But then I also like that community of it, like how people were watching it. People were talking about it. And it wasn't just an isolated thing. Like it became, I mean, not a part of who I am per se, but just like I I loved it so much and I liked all the conversations around it. But yes, yes, I'm a nerd. Yes.
2: (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Maybe that's why, like I don't, I didn't do any of that. I didn't listen to anything about it. So I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) That was nice. And I think it speaks to the story that you wish there were more. I mean, I think like mm-hmm. the best stories should end that way, no matter how they end, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. should leave you wanting more. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think to me, it made sense the way that the way it ended made sense. And my favorite part was that after John kills Tenarius, the dragon melts the throne. Yes. And so that is where the way it was meant to be.
0: Did that remind you of something?
2: Um, that's a super cryptic question. I have no well, idea. Well, it's,
0: it's something that you love, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, right. Yes. Like the like the ring being yes. in the end yes. what destroys people, and it's destroyed in the end. So I'm sure there's been pieces that have been written about that. I'm sure. I thought
2: about you. And let's just, let's just go ahead and shout out to Beowulf, because <laughs> everything based on Lord of the Rings ultimately goes back to Beowulf, because Beowulf was the inspiration for all the Lord of the Rings. So Tolkien yeah has said that so boom so <laughs> it's really Beow game of thrones is really beowulf so who's beowulf in game of thrones uh probably Jon snow
0: oh really
2: mm-hmm. interesting sorry i'm drinking a gatorade <laughs> i know he's the hero i mean beowulf's the hero yeah uh Okay. Maybe, maybe he has a little mm-hmm. Daenerys in him as well.
0: Okay,
2: I right. have to think more on that. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so <clears throat> in um in the Marlon James novel, you know, I could, could probably come up with some connections if I spent more time thinking about it. But the 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 basic idea is. I mean there is this there is this hero kind of character I suppose a Jon Snowish kind of character in the character of Tracker who is this um considers himself like a mercenary you know like he's um and the whole novel is set up where he's telling he's in jail like in prison and he's going back in time and telling the story of how he ends up here I think the first sentence of the book is the boy is dead, something like that. So then, yeah. so then the the story's all about how that happened, how this boy ended up being dead, and um, and he retells the same story kind of multiple times. Um, and the whole the whole premise, I think, you know, of that being, and 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 in the end, he does he he does find the boy, but the boy's been turned into a monster. And so he does like return the boy to his mom, but he's a monster, and so the, he does terrible things, and so he ends up having to having to kill the boy who who is this monster, but not before the boy slash monster kills all of the people he loves, mm. so it is this like you know this yeah. kind of epic good versus evil um you know, kind of story yeah. in that respect. With with lots of weird, weird, um, odd creatures and things like that. Now I will say the main thing about the novel that I did not like was the language. Um as I think I probably wasn't supposed to like it. It was supposed to make me super uncomfortable, but he used I thought the language was super crude. And, you know, it's yeah. just not, you know, you're just not used to reading reading that. And so it was, um, though it got, you know, you got used to it and it got easier. And it seemed very, like, stripped down to the basics. So there was a lot of talk about, like, basic bodily functions mm-hmm. throughout the whole the whole story. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, okay, I guess what he's trying to do is, is um get to some essence of something like some essence of what we really are which is just like living things that you know have all these bodily functions and uh that w- that made me super uncomfortable and it was one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to recommend the book to like la- a lot of people because I think it would be very offensive mm. to a lot of people the language okay but other than that, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it. But, I mean, if you like fantasy and you want a challenge, <laughs> go, go then for it. it's all yours.
1: So in the in the um, time when we decided, okay, we need we need to read something altogether. Mm-hmm. If we're not all going to finish uh, the Marlon James book, what are we going to read? My book club was reading um, a Patricia Highsmith book called The Blunderer. And so we read it. And so it felt like kind of going back in time, it felt like we would be getting a very straight kind of mystery from an author who's written many, many mysteries and uh, just felt like we'd be on uh, more stable ground and found ourselves...
0: Um blundering along this book. <laughs> 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 this was published in nineteen fifty four, The Blunderer. Do you guys want me to read the review and we can debate if we like it or not? Yeah. The sentence. So this is a a review from the Time. This is a guy who wrote for the New York Times, and he wrote this in the 1950s. He said, The novel starts off admirably both as suspense and as a deeper analysis of character, but passes the point of no return as the author gropes for and fails to find a way out of the intricate situations she has set up. Hardly a successful novel, but an ambitious and largely interesting attempt. So that was what the New York Times had to say about about this. Was this her first
1: I don't know novel? I don't know.
2: It, um, that's a harsh review. <laughs> I think that's a harsh review. I mean, it's a weird story, but I didn't mind it personally and I, I enjoyed it. I think I agree with part of it cuz I did
0: start it cuz it starts with their marriage and she tries to kill herself and then the one and then the one guy, um, the other, what's his name? The bookstore owner, he had killed his wife. So it starts off with all this stuff happening. But then he starts to blunder. And that's where I got annoyed. Like like he just starts to make, make, he makes one mistake after another. And it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. He just kept messing up. Um, and it did slow down for me. And I thought the end was, I don't really understand what happened in the end. And I had to ask you guys what happened in the end. But who killed who, who and so
1: it does wrap up kind of awkwardly I yeah. would agree with that um I think I like reading older books I always have ever since I was a kid re- and part of this was because libraries I would go to a lot of times didn't have a lot of new fiction so I would end up with fiction that was set in the 50s or whatever and I love the language and I love the description of the lifestyle where, you know, there's, the, there's a housekeeper who comes and takes care of everything. So, so the wife has to spend her time. She's like, oh, I need to clean out the linen drawer or whatever. And <laughs> just, I, I, just, there are just lots of little tidbits like that that I find very interesting. Um, however, I don't think the mental health stuff, the attitude toward mental health in, in the novel... Um, has held up over time oh no Mm-mm. you know the the way they talk about his wife's mental illness and her attempted suicides uh is pretty icky yeah. the way patricia highsmith talks about it
0: but it probably rang true for the time though right sure i'm sure I mean, that's so reading it now it was disturbing but i would imagine that I mean, the leaps and bounds that we've made in mental health just in the last decade or two has been pretty big. Mm-hmm. Caroline, do you remember anything that you liked or didn't like?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with everything. I, I just, um, I mean, his wife, so Stackhouse is his name, uh, was she being treated Y'all, we read this book a long time ago. Um, no,
0: she wasn't. She literally stayed in the hospital for just a couple of days just to get her physically back to health, but they never mentally... Like why did she
2: take? What pills did she take?
0: I don't think it ever said.
2: Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, all that was... I, I agree. All of that was... Um, initially, I was bothered by... Oh, so we have men killing their nagging wives. That's the, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the basic premise. Like, but then I don't know. I kind of like believed it. I don't, I bought into it and, uh, and just enjoyed the story of it. Like, well, I kept saying, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if like people who just annoyed you you could just off them? Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I could live in that world for a minute.
0: But Walter, isn't that his name? Walter Stackhouse? He didn't kill his wife and i kept no he just wanted to he wanted to and i kept thinking when he was being accused of all this stuff you have proof that she tried to kill herself at the hospital you have a doctor who could back you up just say it and he never did i guess that's the point right because he's a blunderer. he doesn't know what the hell he's doing
1: well and is a is the question of it doesn't does it be become to like does it matter if you actually did it if you if you're dreaming of killing someone is, does that
2: not he does reflect on that I think at one point in the book like he thinks yeah, yeah but I wanted to yeah. is that the same thing mm-hmm. no I
1: mean and Patricia like the the wife is written as a super annoying character the way she treats him is mean she's yeah. mean to him and so
2: and very manipulative mm-hmm. Passive like what aggressive.
0: The, I'm going to kill myself if you leave. Like she tried, he tried to divorce her from the beginning, and she was like, "If you do, I will kill myself." That's
2: why. I guess that's why I got to be okay with it all. It, to me, it felt very real. Like this guy, he like wants to do this thing but knows he shouldn't or is too scared to live with the consequences of it and you know is all messed up because of it the wife clearly needs help you know there maybe there's no help or they're too embarrassed to ask for help the 1950s a- they don't the, know what to do yeah all of the real stuff yeah. you know and then like the the fact that he would blunder it all up that feels very real like if i were going to actually go try to do the things he was doing, I wouldn't be able to plan it out really well either. I'm sure I would blunder it all up. True.
1: Well, and it just, I think she was writing him as kind of just a easily manipulated person. Anyhow, the, his wife plants this idea that he's going to have an affair with this other woman. And so he 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 basically does it. it. That's right. Not out of, you know, his interest wasn't really there. You know,
0: like you say, I'm having an affair. Okay. I'm going to her
2: house.
1: Seems like a good idea to me. I
2: liked. I liked the um, police character. Mm Yeah. Okay. So,
0: any closing thoughts about that book?
1: We didn't have a a ton of of feeling about uh, that one, but we were like, okay, so we'll we'll pot about that one, but.
0: Then we didn't.
1: So we decided to let's add let's add another book. And so we were really snarky with each other about what book we would read. Holly had suggested something that I thought sounded um fluffy.
2: I was looking for something fluffy.
1: <laughs> and I didn't want to read it. I needed something fluffy. And in I my was life like, at
2: Y'all at rejected time. my book, so pick a book.
1: <laughs> and so um, I was on some lists, and there was one book, and it, oh, you didn't start us out with our quote at this time.
0: I know. I realized that halfway through, but so, I didn't.
1: But on on the Amazon page for the book that oh, we chose, it actually said part of our quote.
0: I'll say it right now. I forgot about that. I know. We just jumped into it. so. We always try to think about this quote by Hannah Arendt that says the things of the world become more human for us only when we when we can discuss them with our fellows. We humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it, and in the course of speaking of it, we learn to be human. Oh, now that quote is so good.
1: Yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, it wasn't that quote? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, the quote we use to well, with some projects we do Aristotle. with our students. It was an Aristotle quote. About education of the heart, educating the heart as well as the mind, and so someone had written <laughs> on the Amazon page not not in one of the personal reviews at the bottom, but like up at the top, one of the first little snippet reviews was, um, "Will educate your heart as well as your mind," and I trust exercise. Trust would?
2: exercise. Yeah, it did said that that it said it. Oh,
0: I don't I don't feel that way about no? trust exercise. So we read Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. That was the, the other book that we read.:
1: I anticipated loving this book.
0: like you were ready for your heart to be educated. <laughs> it,
1: not only did, was that promise, but set in the '80s, in a school setting, yeah. you know, there, there were many things about this book that had my name all over it. And then I feel like I completely am missing the point of this book. For example, the Vogue review says it's something like it's the um one of the most uh inspired thoughts about the Me Too era. I'm like, "Oh, okay. You know, but it I but I don't I don't really get that feel from it.
0: I got that more from the Female Persuasion book that we read. Is it because This is what happened in the 80s, and men got away from it, got away, got away, got away with it, got away with it, and now stuff like this is coming out in the open, like in the third part of the book, where the guy's name is removed from the building, like, now looking back, so it's the 80s, and then the story is, part of the story is 14 years later, so is that why it says that?
1: So there it, it does have a that feel. men got away with all that stuff well that there was a that not only did that men got away with that kind of stuff but that there was a ruckus kind of um,
0: like people spoke out na- and they didn't be- and they didn't believe that he di- i'm sorry <laughs> go <laughs> I, um
1: I, just that the way imagine the party this so in the book they're at the um teacher's house and there's a party and there's a party that happens outside and you know the teacher expects a certain level of party inside but outside anything goes and clearly the way that these people are behaving is is in a way that schools can't get away with now oh yeah so there's that aspect of it like that everyone is just um more knowledgeable more careful about these kinds of things now but then so there's that scene and then there's the fact that yes the at the end of the book the teacher is about to have a building named after mm-hmm. him or the whole school named after him and it gets taken away because of an allegation of sexual misconduct um and so is there a me too element there sure but i did i don't no, I don't get what the bigger yeah. message is, and I think it's probably there. I think I am just missing it, but i don't, but I don't yeah I'm missing it so <laughs>
2: um yeah i don't i don't have to, I don't have an answer for the larger idea um I have an interesting thing to read about it but um i d- i did pick up on the the um that kind of underlying thread of um, the um, sexual um abuses against women. Um, I did feel that throughout, and so I kind of um, I didn't really think me too, but but at the end of the book i I thought, oh, okay and i think i said something to something to you about that but um the i read a little review about it that just that says this which i think is really interesting because the book in three parts and it's like three different pieces of the same story or I i'm not even sure if that's the right way of saying it but like three threads that are connected by a shared experience or yep. so, something like something like that and um this little sense made sense to me um, this is a uh, a review in the atlantic and it says trust exercise is an elaborate trick it's a meta work of construction and deconstruction building a persuasive fictional world and then showing you <clears throat> excuse me then showing you the girders the scaffolding underneath and how it's all been welded together it's also a work that lives in the gray area between art and reality, the space where alchemy happens. Real life bleeds into fiction. Of course it does. Um and um and so then and then it goes on to talk just a little bit about how the book is about um y- you know, because the first part's the story being told by the older uh, Well it's
0: Sarah's She's writing a novel.
2: Right. And, it's, she, it's and she's fiction older based on and she's writing back. And mm-hmm. then the second part is the friend. What's her name? The Karen. Karen. It's talking about all the inaccuracies, you know, of the first part. So one of the things that she's doing is just is playing around with story. Yeah. Um And well, I liked that part of it. I thought that was kind of, even more kind meta, of fun.
0: Even more meta than that is Susan Choi, the author, Supposedly, this story is set in the 1980s, and we think it might be set in Houston at a performing arts school. Susan Choi went to a performing arts school in the 1980s in Houston. So, is this her? Like, is this fiction? Is this story kind of her story, and she's adding parts into it just like Sarah did in the first part? Um, And then the other thing going about Karen that I was I read that same review and then there's also a review in the New Yorker and the title of it is Who Owns a Story that Sarah is writing back about this experience and Karen, because of the trauma that she went through has been in a lot of therapy and has recon and she has a really good memory. She has reconstructed what happened in high school in therapy and as she's reading Sarah's story and parts of it don't match up. It's 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 confusing to her. Right.
2: And angering to her.
0: Right. So it's their own versions of what happened.
2: Right. And which just plays with that idea of like if fiction is ba- partially based in reality, but in the telling of it, you know, one shapes it. And
1: yeah. And maybe what becomes important is that Sarah didn't even tell the most interesting parts of the story. Right. Like Sarah's, um, the the first section ends. They haven't. We we don't know that they've um, that Karen has gotten pregnant, right? No. And um, and all of the things that happen from there. And does that mean that what is Sarah's real name? laid in section two, whoever in section one she calls. Well, she's written as Sarah. Yeah, I can't remember. And it's told mostly from her. Point of view, so it's a close second narration of her point of view, and then in the second section, it, Karen is looking back and says, "It's actually, you know." Oh, she, I didn't even catch that part. She's explaining who everyone is, yeah. Um, and and so, and she seems to get it at sometimes. Karen seems to get like, okay, this this character is a mishmash, or this is representing this, and this is representing that. But then at some point, she's frustrated that things aren't more accurate. She yeah. seems particularly. Mm-hmm. Hurt because in the um, in the retelling or in in the in the novelized version of her youth, she was good friends yeah. with the author, mm-hmm. and the author has kind of shifted that to someone else as if she doesn't even remember. Yeah, um, and so there's frustration about that, but then there's also the whole the the what becomes the most important aspect of of the last two sections is that this baby is born, and that's that's not
2: even in the first section. No, it's not. It just really speaks to me to how like how we think we are having this shared life with people, the people we are close to, whether in proximity, you know, or um or or psychologically or emotionally or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but, but in so many ways, we're not, we're not having a shared experience. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it just is, um, the, you know, each one of us telling the story of our career here, for example, together could look very different in ways that might offend us, you know, just because it's, it's the way we feel and perceive and think and all of that. Um, we think it's the same, and it's not. It's true. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and I feel like I've
1: read that idea before and seen that idea before played out in television shows and in, in various stories in, in ways that were more interesting to me than this was. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is that this is – so much um, the story of people who are in performing arts people who do drama and and if just my since I don't have that experience if if that is part of what I'm missing in this if someone if people who respond to it really well or people who've been in those kinds of
2: moments yeah that's a good point actually as i was reading it i thought multiple times oh i'm going to give this book to jenny madden mm-hmm. just because there it seems like there are so many um you know of so many of the um like intricacies yeah. and specifics of what goes on behind stage and in mm-hmm. theater yeah. classes and stuff that yeah i agree i don't know anything about either like some of those exercises seem weird because some of them be- seemed abusive yes they did <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, clearly, so then that kind of reminded me what's the book we read with the teacher um, and the students <laughs> and then they and then they murder the kid.
1: Oh, we didn't read that that was um the one that the school- school high school read for book club,
0: oh.
2: Secret history?
1: Yes, the Donatars, Secret History. Then that
2: then that teacher reminded me of that other teacher. Mm -hmm. Mr. Kingsley reminded me of the teacher from that book. Oh yeah. Um, in his abuse of power.
1: And I do feel like college professors have probably had to like things have really probably changed on college campuses. And I think that we were probably in college at a sort of a turning point for that. Because I think that there's I, I feel that there was some creepiness to some professors I have known, not necessarily at any place I've ever really been, but maybe have heard about, but <laughs> we'll, we'll just say it that way, mm-hmm.
0: but for sure. Um, no, I felt that way too. Mm-hmm. I've had, a, I can think of a couple of teachers and even a coach that I've had that if I today did some of the stuff that they did, I would be fired in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and get in so much trouble.
1: Just making these two people who have broken up, sit in chairs, knees
2: touching and just like, I know, what do we do? I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. There's no doubt in my mind that I have not in not in any kind of like wildly inappropriate way, but that I've, you know, put students in very uncomfortable situations that they look back on and are really not traumatized hope not traumatized by but 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 you know really did not benefit you know I don't know Well, I don't even know know. if it's not I'm sure I've done that
1: but it's it's the it's it's that fine line of pushing someone to to do the hard work to learn because learning is uncomfortable. And so you're living in the uncomfortable for a minute. And as a teacher, you're thinking, okay, we're going to live in this uncomfortable for a little bit. And it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And someone else thinking, no, it's not, you know, being yeah. on the other side of that. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I think that's tricky. Especially in a teacher student
0: dynamic where they might not, I almost did where they not might not um, feel comfortable saying, I don't want to talk about this. Because mm-hmm. we are in that position of of power. And we're trying to position... I mean, I'm thinking about like our TED Talks, how we push them to say something important. And it's uncomfortable for them. And they're trying to please us and they want to say something important, but they, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it there is, is an interesting gets very uncomfortable dynamic sure. there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any closing thoughts about trust exercise? Y'all, I feel like we just talked about three books that maybe we wouldn't recommend to a lot of people.
1: I want a book that is going to just make my brain explode because it's so good. Yeah. I'm just so ready for uh-huh.
0: a really good one. Um, or well, uh-huh. before we get to that, which maybe we've picked a book that will do that. Maybe it hasn't. Is there anything else you guys have been doing that you've been into? I'll go first. <laughs> um, I just finished trust exercise last night, so I haven't started anything else. I wrapped it up very quickly last night um big little lies season two started and you haven't watched it right janine
1: i haven't watched it no and caroline did
0: you watch big little lies the first season yes did you watch the episode the other night no oh y'all
1: okay you know i'm excited about that i've i've mentioned this to holly before i am not interested like i don't like that again here we are on a the book that book ended sort of in a satisfying way to me do i want to look into it anymore give it the first episode i know i'll probably watch it and be fine with it it's not
0: what you probably think it's going to be so just watch the first episode and, and then go from there you know what i have i was thinking about this the other day like about these hbo shows is they're not they're every week and you can't sit there and binge them You can actually watch it, kind of enjoy it, think about it, talk about it with people, and then come back. Instead of like, I wouldn't want to sit there and watch nine episodes in a row of Big Little Lies. Like, I like that it's a a weekly thing, and not. I prefer to binge. Do you?
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm not. I don't want to sit and watch nine in a row, but I would like. I like to be able to. So we have started watching. We speaking of HBO shows, my husband and I have gone back and we're watching um the leftovers which we started mm. when it first came out did you watch it Carolyn? no i, I think <laughs> of you a lot during it there's it, i have questions that i would like to ask you in terms of literature about it um so that we, was a book right it was a book yeah, yeah i read the book oh you did read the yes. book. yes and the, it's three seasons which i think is like the television shows three seasons and some of the acting is so fantastic but I watched the first two episodes when it first came out, and I was like, you know, I think I'm good. I think I can live without this one. I'm, I'm not interested. And so the other – a few weeks ago, Greg said, let's let's try it again. And I was like, okay, whatever. And we watched the first – those same first two episodes, and I was like, okay, I'm in. And um, I, we're really in. It feels like, um, like when we watch Lost or that even if – like I feel certain that I'm not going to get this. There, it, there's so much mystery and there's so much stuff going on that you want to get tied up and uh, to understand what's happening. Um, and it's not going to. I know it's not. But I'm okay with that because the writing is so smart that I like what it's making me think about when I watch it. So, I
2: anyway. know. Huh. I watched the second season. I might revisit it on that recommendation. That's the one where, like, one day half the world's population disappears, yeah. right?
1: It's, it's not quite. Or like, it's a it 1.4 million people well, okay. or something like that.
2: Yeah, I remember that book very pretty vividly, actually, considering my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I enjoyed it. I think Catherine Bush gave it to me years ago, mm. and I, after she read it, gave it to me. I read it. What have you been doing? Any shows you've been watching? No. Baseball, watching baseball games. <laughs> no, really, I haven't. I don't watch a lot of shows. Well, sometimes so, you come no, in here and you talk. I have about- no. I have nothing. nothing. I mean, I've been reading. <coughs> excuse me. I've read a bunch. Of, I've read several books, but um, nothing to really um, brag about. Okay. Did you <coughs> excuse
1: read, me? Did either of you read the um, second book by the? Author Angie Davis, who wrote *The Hate You Give*,
2: not yet. No, but I want to read it. Yeah.
1: I'm listening to it, and I'm only a few chapters in. The audio of it is fantastic. Oh, the woman cool. who reads it, it's, I, I love it. In fact, I'd almost rather be doing that than this right now. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that wow. <laughs> listen to that instead of listen to us. <laughs> that I want to like. Wow, I'm excited to get back to because I, I know
2: what that says about me and you, Caroline. <laughs> it was a joke joke. (laughs) Um, no I went to Barnes and Noble and they have a buy two get one free paperback table so I bought three books and I read the first one which is called Watch Me Disappear I don't know who it's by and it was a good little mystery and in it the main character one of the main characters was reading a Tana French novel Mm -hmm. like it was sitting on our bedside table the whole book and they kept referencing it so which one the, I don't think they okay. ever said the name. They just would say the Tana French novel, yeah, or whatever. So as soon as I finished that book, I was like, "It." It just so happened that when I picked my three up, I picked up a Tana French what with weird. it. Like what are the odds of that, I know. <laughs> and so I had my other, I had my other ones there. So I was like. Well, I got to read the Tana French one next. And it happens to be Into the Woods, which I think was her first one yeah, or her first big one or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so, and I'd never read it. And so I've just started that. So that's what I'm doing.
1: And I have read that one. It's good.
2: I've read it too. So what that means is
0: we're going to read a Tana French novel. Not that one. Are you sure? Are you guys
2: sure you want to do a Tana French? Do you want to do that? Or do you want to read the Angie Thomas one? Yeah, we could do that or we could... We could withhold until we find one that we think is going to blow our minds. Podcast listeners,
0: just brace yourself. We're,
2: we're deciding right now. <laughs> I wish we were on. I don't m- want us to make a hasty decision just because I've mentioned her name, honestly.
1: Well, the, my I have n- I'm have super good to read a Tana French. I haven't read okay. Tana French in a long time. But you will just be coming off of Tana French. Maybe you're going to want something new.
0: Would you recommend the Angie Thomas novel to us? You uh, like the audio of it.
1: I'm only a couple chapters in, so. But yeah, I think it's going to be a great book. I okay.
0: Mean, and we've talked about that one before, right? Reading it? Oh. Ye- uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so let's vote right now. Who votes for Tanner oh, French? I don't, I
1: don't like democracy in book clubs. Someone just decide. All right,
0: dictatorship. We're going to read Angie Thomas. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be an easier, quicker read. Because Tana French, those are, and you're, and you're reading that right now. You might not want to read it As for one.
1: mysteries, they're, they're a little bit dense. Mysteries. They are dense. A little mm-hmm.
0: bit. They're thick. All right. So let's do that. All right. Oh, you just heard it live. How to
2: pick a book. <laughs> not to put anybody on spot, but what's it called? Do you remember? Oh, mm-hmm.
1: you said we're going to do her most recent one. Let's it's see. like a, it, there's a play on words in the title. It's like where. On the come up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still with Tana French. I'm sorry. I was the, that whole time. I was thinking about Tana French. Yes, Angie Davis, On the Come Up. On the Angie up. Thomas. Angie
2: Thomas. On the Come Up. On the Come Up. Okay. Y'all, um, she's from Jackson, Mississippi. You need to read... Hey, Holly, you also should read a... If you haven't yet, a Kwame Alexander. They're really good. You told He's me to read... He's coming here. Song? My favorite solo. one is solo. Okay. My, that's my favorite one. But... um he's coming to our school where we work in the spring and so all of our students are reading a Alexander for summer reading and um so I've been reading on his books and enjoying them very much so I'll throw that out there if um they're most of them are written in verse but they read that I mean it really reads like narrative fiction um even AC on the fifth grade re- reading list had one of his books
0: mm-hmm. on
1: it. He, he has stuff all the way down to children. They're, L- they're well,
2: good. I really enjoyed all of the ones that I've read. Okay. So throw that out there.
0: All right. Well, I think that's that's it for today, listeners. Um, yeah, Angie Thomas. That's what we're going to do next. We'll try to do that one before school starts back. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we'll come back and we have read a million books. Try to do that before. And we won't like any of them. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. See you next time.